Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com careers. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> welcome. It's the question of the century, right? Now, welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV, where it is kind of a blicky Monday. Hey, you know, we had a good ride, didn't we? We It was a, we good, a ride. good ride. The summer wasn't too bad. It wasn't too stinking hot. Beautiful fall. And, you know, hey, it's October. Maybe we got end in summer yet to come, or maybe we've already had it. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, we just go with it. And, you know, it was, you said it. Go just with go it. with it. We were talking over the weekend and we were like, you know, it's funny. If it were this temperature in the spring, we'd all be running around in tank tops and shorts. But right now we're like, oh, it's so cold. Oh, where's, here? Where, where's the chunky soup? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, did you or do be honest, did you or did you not bust on the heat last night? I busted on the heat even before last night. Okay. It might have been on Friday night because I was out late because of the football game. Yes. And going uh, going into the stadium and coming out of the stadium was a different experience. Uh, you know, yes, the temperature for sure. Dropped in. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't frost on the pumpkin yet, but it was getting No, close. but it's it's getting there. And um, yeah, so yesterday, see, I'm I'm one of those that fights it kicking and screaming. So the next thing I know, though, the husband's like, I turned on the heat. I'm like... What a wimp! But that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Actually, it was it was just kind of toasty. You know, when last the night. house so is a little good. cold and that heat comes up to the register for the first it's time, nice. it feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah, S stinks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right, and, and and we're helping Columbia gas out. There you go. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So anyway, welcome to the morning show, man. Oh man, was it a weekend full of a bazillion different events and things going on. So uh, Pete is here to do the news, so we'll just get right to it because I know I'm we're kind of afraid we're not going to get through it all. Right. Well, you know, it, it is a warning. Uh, usually it's a marathon or a 3,200-meter run. It's going to be kind of a dash yeah. for the whole <laughs> whole hour here because uh, we got a lot to get through. Uh, we weren't on at the end of last week, and there were some things worthy of at least mentioning real quick that is in the rearview mirror. Yep. And there's things in the front view mirror. And then, as you said, a busy weekend. Yes. No Apple Festival, no uh, Ohilco Festival, but still a lot of stuff. All, all the right? events. And, and very worthy. Sorry, Pete, not to steal your thunder here, but um, we initially weren't on last week. I'd just like to throw out, we actually did a remote episode, and it was a success. Okay, well, good. The, yes. The, the Foothills Arts Festival. From the Foothills Arts Festival, Dylan, right. I mean, it was a hoot. Let's just right. put it that way. Right. But on it worked. Road. On the road, right? Yes. And on, Dylan figured it all out. On the road with out. Dylan. Yes. <laughs> on the road with Dylan. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I talked to Dylan on Friday, and he was wondering how that was going to work out. And I said, 
I said, go with it. Yep. Like yep. you said, your famous yep. words, go with it. Just go with it. Make uh, the best of it. Erica helped out. We want to thank him. And um, there was a lot of hurdling over cords and whatnot, but we made it. And there were no casualties. Right. Okay. No art died. No, it was fine. <laughs> okay. That is good. Yeah. That is good. Okay. Well, we're going to start out with all the news we had. We're going to start out with something on the uh, on the soft side, but something that everybody's always interested in when we hit this part of the high school football season, that is homecoming. Yes! It was homecoming this past weekend at Wellston High School and Benton County High School. Yep. And homecoming is coming up at Jackson High School this uh, weekend. So nice. we're going to go over some royalty here. Very good. Okay, at Wellston High School, uh, the homecoming queen, there she is on the left, well-known lady, yep. young lady, Kimmy Aubrey, Kimberly Aubrey. Uh, and she is flanked by Jason Collins, or Jacob Collins, rather, who was the homecoming king. Nice. All the high schools now do homecoming king. Almost all of them do. Cute. And Jacob is the homecoming king at Wellston High School. She was announced and crowned in pregame ceremonies uh, Friday at C.H. Jonesfield. I think Jacob was named earlier in the day, and there they are. So we will have uh, their picture uh, in the Telegram. We already have it on Facebook, and uh, we'll have it on the website soon. So congratulations to Kimberly Aubrey. She not only is a, a pretty young lady, but she's also an outstanding athlete. A crazy good athlete, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I'm giving Kimmy Aubrey, and I, I already texted about this, the most awesome homecoming dress of the year award. Oh, you saw. Okay. It was I had not seen that. Gorgeous. Well, Absolutely had, gorgeous. She has on a very look, nice looking pantsuit there. Yeah. So oh, her dress was yeah, smoking. Right. And and, <laughs> and and you know, maybe the day before or the day after she was running cross country. I know, right? So, exactly. You know, a, a, a woman for all seasons. Yes. All right. Uh at Vinton County High School, homecoming up there on Friday evening as well. And their queen is Emma Davidson. And there is Emma Aww. on the right uh, with the crown, getting a crown by uh, last year's uh, homecoming queen, Marissa Huff. Nice. And uh, before the game there, that those were those pregame ceremonies. We don't have the king in the picture, but we will tell you that the gentleman who was chosen uh, was Storm Hoogen. And I probably butchered that. He is a Norwegian exchange student. Really? Right. How fun. And, and he got, uh, I mean, what a trip for him all the way from Norway. And his ah, student body picks so him cool. as the, as the, as the uh, homecoming king. And so big night at Vinton County. The Vikings made it a successful night all the way around because they won their game. They remain in the hunt for TVC Ohio Championship. Hopefully we'll have time to say a little bit about sports later on. Jackson High School, homecoming this Friday, including the dance on Saturday. Yep. You know, the whole nine yards. I think uh, the alumni band will be out there playing on Friday evening as well. Always but we've fun. got a picture of uh, the young ladies who are uh, candidates for homecoming queen and the underclassmen of tennis as well. And here they are lined up in front of the front door. Uh, if you're looking at the picture, we're going to identify these young ladies left to right. And, uh, you know, not only are, are, are they very attractive young ladies, as you can see, but, you know, they're also thought very well of by their classmates That's right. because this is a, a, a kind of like a student election type thing. All right. Uh, from the left, the freshman attendant is Lily Eberts. The sophomore attendant is Emma Carroll. Then you have, um, then you have, um, oh no, I'm, I'm not in order here. Let me, let me go back here. Um, then you have, uh, 
Then you have your uh, seniors who are the uh, queen candidates. Uh, you have uh, Deanna Houston. You have Maddie mm -hmm. Walburn. Mm -hmm. uh, you have um, Bailey Witt. And you have Allison Causey. And then on the end, uh, you have uh, the two junior attendants, Campbell Davis and Elena Houston. And Deanna and Elena, by the way, are sisters. Oh, so one is a queen candidate. I can one totally is see the resemblance yeah, you can there. See yeah, that. and we've seen Deanna around before. Yeah, she's second attendant for the Jackson Apple Festival. That's right. And Maddie Walburn, right there in the middle, of course, an outstanding student yes. athlete at Jackson High School. She, in addition to being a very good basketball player for her father, Matt Walburn, yep. the girls' basketball coach, she is probably one of the best soccer goalkeepers in Southern Ohio. Uh huh. So uh, congratulations to all those young ladies, and the queen will be crowned in pregame ceremonies. Uh, on Friday evening before the Jackson Greenfield McLean game. And I know that the alumni band will be playing too. Uh, Ryan Hurd, I'm sure, will have a good homecoming band show as oh, well. Oh, yes. There. Then the dance, weather permitting, well, they'll have the dance, weather permitting or not, but if the weather permits, it will be in the big parking lot at the stadium. That's something that they started to do during COVID, mm -hmm. and somehow they like that. Yeah. And so if it's not too cold or rainy, probably more than anything else, It'll be out there in the parking lot. If not, Fine. they will go inside. All right. Uh, and we're not leaving Oak Hill out. Oak Hill already had their homecoming yes. earlier in, yep. the, in the fall. All right. Uh, some big things happened on Friday and over the weekend, and we're going to cover them really quickly. Okay. Um, Dylan, if you could tee up uh, the Spectrum ribbon cutting picture. Uh, Spectrum, and of course, you know, that's uh, one of the big uh, t cable TV mm -hmm. internet providers. They had a big event at the uh, Vinton Experimental Forest Conference Center there in Vinton County. Uh, they had some uh, political and governmental leaders from the state and from Vinton County there. And they're cutting a ribbon to symbolize the fact they announced that they're going to be doing major broadband service expansion in Vinton County. Awesome. Now, we remember they had a similar event in Jackson County um, not too long ago, maybe at least a year but uh, between Spectrum's investment and governmental grants, they're going to be able to uh, put broadband where it hasn't been before. That's so and, cool. You know, if you're if you're a, if you're in the modern world and you don't have internet, you know, you're hurting. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, or you don't know what you're missing. And uh, you know, it not only is it a you know a personal convenience uh, to have it because of all the information that you can get and your connections. But uh, it's a development thing. You know, you're talking about business, industry, people moving in. Absolutely. No internet. You're kidding me. No, um, that's coming. exactly right. That's one of the first questions now that people ask mm -hmm. is, it, do I have access and, and what's the to, quality? to high speed internet? What's the quality yep. of it and so forth? Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it, and unfortunately, it depends on where you live sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's just like a, to more so than like water lines and sewer lines. You know, they, they're not everywhere and they cost a lot of money to spread out. And so the fewer people you have, you know, the less the return on your investment. That's right. Because, you know, when the people pay the rates and all. So anyway, Good we cannot them. get Spectrum to say exactly where they're going to expand other than saying that they're going to go places they haven't been before. And they did tell our Red Thompson Jr. who covered this, and this will be a big story at our Wednesday paper, they did tell him that the Hawking County people or the Hawking County project that Spectrum is doing will include Swan Township in northern Vinton County. Red, who has covered, you know, the tourism angle in Vinton County very well, 
says that will be a big deal because of its proximity to the Hawking Hills mm-hmm. and all the tourism-related development that is in Vinton County or could be in Vinton County if there are facilities. Uh, and that includes internet. Yes. So big, big deal. You know, for you know, if you're staying there, Ravenwood Castle or those other places, you want to be able to have internet sure. because you want to stay connected with the world, and that goes for vacationers and mm-hmm. people who are working as well. Absolutely. Or on a working vacation. All right, there was another event, a kind of a different tone up in Vinton County that happened on Saturday. And Red Thompson Jr., he was at Spectrum on Friday morning uh, for that event. He was covering a football game on Friday night at Vinton County, the homecoming game up there. Mm-hmm. And then he was back up early on Saturday morning. And I think he's sleeping right now, by the way. No, not actually. He's actually working, I'll tell you that. But he <laughs> he's said, not he, a morning person. Could, we know that. He could be sleeping. He could be. But uh, there was a big event by the Vinton County Health Department yes. up at the middle school. And they called it the Anti-Stigma Health Fair. And it, you know, it covered, you know, a, a couple of the big social uh, issues, uh, you know, substance abuse, drug abuse, what to do about it, but also suicide prevention, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, the stats uh, are scary. Sometimes you don't realize how much suicide there is. And you always want, you always wonder when you hear that suicide is one of the leading causes of death mm-hmm. among teenagers. And so that's what this event was all about at the middle school. And the star attraction was Eric Hippel. Do you mm-hmm. remember that name by any chance? Well, I, I kind of do. Uh, the girls is. were talking about that when they were in on, what, Thursday, I guess it was. Um, oh, the health, the health, that's right. Yeah, they, they, they stopped by. So very, very interesting. Well, Eric Hippel was an NFL quarterback for the Detroit Lions in the 80s. Of course, a college standout, I think, at Utah State. Mm-hmm. A very ballyhooed quarterback. Uh, threw for over 10,000 yards in his NFL career that went about 10 years. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, you have your ups and downs and Eric Hippel had his downs. First of all, he was cut after the 1989 season, uh, supposedly for performance based, uh, you know, after, you know, having that long run. Yeah, in, that's in the, a in long career. Uh, as a result, probably of, of that uh, unfortunate thing of losing his job there as the quarterback being so high and suddenly you're not anymore. You know, he fell into substance abuse uh, with alcohol and then drugs. He even was arrested for DUI mm. at one point, had bankruptcy, was in jail for a month or two, gotcha. I believe. Uh, and then in 2000 or 2001, the worst thing of all, his teenage son committed suicide. Oh, my. So talk about being down. Yeah. But he did not stay out. He bounced back, and now mm. he uh, he is the... Um, he is the uh, director, the outreach coordinator for the Depression Center at the University of Michigan. And so he makes appearances wow, out to talk so about cool. his experience and to try to help others who may be dealing with feelings of depression. And, you know, when you're depressed, you know, you don't you don't really want to feel that way. No, <laughs> you don't choose to be depressed. Right. But, you know, it can be a, a physical thing. It can be a psychological thing, maybe a combination of the two. But a lot of it, you know, also has to do, you know, with your state of mind. And he talked about how he recovered from that. And, you know, you listen to a guy like that because, you know, he's had the highest of highs mm-hmm. and he's had the lowest of lows. And he talked about that up there uh, with uh, with uh, the audience, which, which there was a good turnout for a lot of other agencies with the health department up there for that. But uh, 
we do have a little bit of a video, Eric Hippel actually Great. talking that Red got. So if you could cue that up, uh, Eric, uh, Dylan, we will hear from Eric Hippel now. You, um, um, there's a stigma, I think, um, that people um, um, kind of kind of latch on to that this can't happen to a successful person. I think a lot of people believe that the drug addiction is only for people that's poor or don't have any success in life. And we can see through, you were certainly a successful person. And, you know, is that something that you find that people believe or that it only well, happens? Yeah, to I mean, stigma is a huge thing. And, um, you know, and, and because our society looks at when something's wrong with somebody that's a weakness, and there's a tendency for, for people to ostracize to you know separate themselves from it and that's a problem somebody else's problem and not my problem the trouble is when it finally hits home because one in four people are going to suffer some sort of mental health issue or um, be involved with some sort of mental health issue within their family and so that's a high number and so why don't we get rid of the stigma and say since it's so prevalent then we do something about it early and maybe you know push off so we don't have the tragedies and the stuff nobody wakes up one day and says hey I want to be an addict you know, hey, I want to take my life today. Nobody wakes up doing that, so it's a time, it's a thing that happens over time in a mindset and maybe circumstances that that present themselves to where self-medicating becomes, you know, uh, an avenue that somebody goes down to try and deal with their their pain. And uh, let's talk just a little bit about your athletic career um, from from a town in Texas to growing up in California, as you said, playing college football and then pro football could. But what does the NFL meant to you? And can you tell us about the iconic Silver Dome that's no longer with <laughs> us, but was a popular American icon, especially on Thanksgiving when, yeah, yeah. when, when Detroit was the only game televised? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was born in Texas, but I, I grew up in Southern California, uh, a 3A high school. I only had one scholarship offer, and that was to Utah State University, so I went there. But, you know, I, I was, I've been very fortunate to have coaches in, in my younger life, anyway, that have, happened to be... Um, very good coaches in at the right place at the right time, at least for me. And so, kind of fell underneath their wing. I became a four-year starter at Utah State, and then I got drafted by by the Detroit Lions. Um, Detroit Lions have been the family and the Lions themselves have been very good to me. Um, you know, during my ten years while I was there, I did go through three head coaches and five offensive <laughs> coordinators. So every other year, you had to learn another offense, which doesn't lead to a lot of consistency. Um, and so that was always kind of a, a downfall, I think. But but I only played for that one team, and uh, and so I have a, a look, my heart's there, and and a lot of memories are there. Some of those memories happen to go back to the Silverdome, of course, which was an eighty thousand plus stadium where the fans sit right on top of you because of the way it's stacked, and it just rock and roll. And uh, I mean, we played every Thanksgiving Day game there, which was uh, pretty iconic, and it for us was a national game, and so you know, you know, it was a chance to show yourself in front of the in for the whole world. And fortunately, I played pretty well at most of Thanksgiving Day games, you know. And, uh, and, and but it was great. The place could really rock and roll. Um, you know, unfortunately, now it doesn't exist anymore. They tore it down a few years back, and um, watching it, watching it be tore down was was kind of sad, you know, because you know it's the end of an era. But Ford Field is a fantastic place, and actually playing downtown in Detroit, I think, is where the team should be anyway, because it's, it's Detroit Lions. Let's play in the city that you're there. And, and it's just—it's got so many fans right now, and just going crazy because the Lions, you know, have kind of turned it up, and they're potentially, you know, certainly a playoff contender. Looking at, even at this early, just because of the way they're playing. 
All right. Well, we heard. That's cool. Yeah, it was. I tell you, a lot of respect for Eric Hippel for turning his life around and then trying to help people. Yes. A lot of times it's just enough to crawl out of that hole. Yeah. But he's doing so much more. So you respect that man. You certainly uh, uh, give props to the Vinton County Health Department yes. because they're very proactive with their public events trying to help people. Agreed. Uh, not just on health things, but, you know, on uh, on things a little bit beyond health, mm -hmm. like, you know, the depression and the... Uh, and the suicide prevention and uh, and and depression, suicide prevention, and the drugs and the alcohol type right. thing. And and I think that their you know campaign, and I can't remember the specific words of it, but it's basically just like squashing the stigma of you know not talking about things and and dealing with things alone. And you shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't have to. And that's where and other okay. that's where other people who are fortunate enough maybe not to have those troubles in their life be more compassionate and also understand that, you know, this is not in, for the most part, choices that people make. Right. It just happens in their lives and it's hard to cope. But uh, anyway, we'll have extensive coverage on Eric Hipple's visit and the anti-stigma health fair uh, in Saturday's paper and a little bit of a preview in Wednesday's paper. Red did a real good job working on that. All right, uh, we're going to turn to crime now. Unfortunately, we did have some crime last week. We're going to give you two stories. Uh-oh. One out of Wellston, uh, a traffic stop that was a, a week ago uh, today on Monday, okay. uh, Monday evening, October the 2nd. Started off as uh, many of these things, routine traffic stop, some sort of equipment violation. What well, ends up that the police officers there in Wellston uh, on this traffic stop found uh, huge amounts of fentanyl and methamphetamine. Uh -oh. uh, the person who has been charged in this is Brian Wiseman, age 52, of MacArthur. Uh, there he is right there. Uh, that is uh, him uh, in a Wellston Police Department photo that they put on Facebook. But uh, on this, they found what are, they always say suspected because they do the chemical tests. But they believe it was fentanyl and methamphetamine. Listen to this. 107 grams of fentanyl, 323 grams of methamphetamine, and a loaded handgun. Oh. So. We, just that? There's, there's, there's some of the. Obviously, Holy it looks like some cash moly. might have been confiscated, too. But uh, they took Wiseman to Holzer Medical Center Jackson Hospital to be checked out. Uh, he was cleared and uh, put in the Jackson County Correctional Facility. At this point, he faces a first-degree felony. That's as high as it gets, mm -hmm. possession of controlled substances. Uh, he was arraigned in Jackson County Municipal Court on the very next day. He is being held on a $500,000 bond. Later on, they were able to determine in the system that he has an active felony-level warrant for his arrest from Vinton County, they're discharging a firearm into a habitation that stems from a case in Vinton County earlier this year. So more charges are expected to follow, but that's what they are holding them on. Plus, there's that warrant out of Vinton County. And remember, we can't Man, emphasize this enough a lot. how dangerous fentanyl yeah. is. It doesn't take much, you know, I mean, to kill you if you ingest it 100%. Uh, uh, accidentally or unknowingly. Yep. All right. Very unusual case to report in Jackson that you probably heard about, the uh, famous Walmart shoplifter. Um, <laughs> I saw a picture or two online. Right. Well, they work with us, the Jackson Police Department, to try to get the word out here. Here is the suspect. This, this occurred back on September the 30th, a week ago Saturday. And uh, the police got with us in the middle of the week to 
get our help to try to identify this suspect. This is the suspect on surveillance uh, video inside the store of uh, putting some items into a tote. All right, now that's not necessarily, uh, you know, a crime to do that. The problem was- <laughs> He kind of got to pay for the, it. The problem Pete. was he tried to wheel that yeah. out. Um, how much did he have in his, in his tote? $2,929.48. This was at 2.47 p.m. on a Saturday. Can you imagine? Just in the middle of the in afternoon. The middle, in the middle of the day, right. And so- Good so grief. As they say uh, in the jargon of the store, he passed the last point of sale uh, without checking out, not even self-checkout, which I always, <laughs> always wonder how you can cheat that thing, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm not trying to Well, I to guess any, you just keep on walking. <laughs> not trying to give anybody ideas, but so- uh, the, the person there at the door uh, probably saw that he hadn't paid or whatever. He had a mask on, but remember, we're still in the COVID season, yeah. so you might not think of that, but it was probably meant as a disguise. Yes. So he tries to walk out. Uh, the person at the front of the store who works for the store tries to stop him to check him out. Of course, he tries to keep going. There is there he is with the tote outside the store. <laughs> this, this is when he's on the run because right <laughs> when this happened, there was a hero in the store who was, we're just going to identify as a civilian okay. in the police report. He sees what's happening and he tries to tackle this guy oh, with, with the shopping cart and the tote. And uh, he is able to, to tackle him and tear his shirt, but he's able to get away and he gets a hold of the tote and tries to run. The civilian stays after him, is able to get the tote away from him. Although the suspect here is able to grab at least one item and make it to a red car in the parking lot. There is the red car that, it, that was in the parking lot. So he was able to get in that car. I don't know whether there was anyone else in the car or not, but uh, it drove away, turned out the front of the front entrance of the story down State Route 93. Well, isn't it smashed up there in the front? Pete? It is. There's front end damage okay. there uh, on the front of the car. So that's the, that's the hint. I'm thinking that it's parked somewhere out of sight. I'd say so. But uh, but anyway, uh, congratulations to the civilian because, you know, he saved Walmart a lot of money there. Holy moly. Uh, but uh, it was a four-door red Dodge Avenger with some front-end damage. You were right, Jennifer. Uh, anyway, the police are looking for this suspect. Um, well, as you can see, there's tattoos and... Oh yeah, you know some other things. So yeah, he he was wearing a, a hat with sunglasses, a blank tank top, black shorts, long black socks with gray and black Nike shoes. He had a tattoo on his right calf, neck tattoos, and a teardrop tattoo on one of his eyes. So well, that ought to be pretty obvious. Yeah, you know, if you run into somebody with that description, you know, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> obviously, call the Jackson Police Department at two eight six four one three one. If you uh, have seen this person or um, it's the vehicle, maybe, um, because the police would like to talk to this person. Now, they also believe that this person has done a similar shoplifting uh, incident at two other stores, including one in Ross County. Oh. So this was this was this was not a first time thing for this person. Once again, as far as I know, still unidentified. Sometimes they know who they're looking for. In this case, they don't even know that. Well, you wonder, like. Dylan, pull that picture back up for a second, if you would. Like, isn't there a license plate in the picture? No. Front, well, it has to be a well, back license plate. Yeah, but, well, remember. We'll see. There's, in the state of Ohio, you don't need a front license plate anymore. 
Which law, I take umbrage with, by the way. But law enforcement always like the front end license I, plate. I do too because I I don't know. There's a million reasons why I can list that I think that we should have front license plates. But, but anyway, I still have mine. I haven't taken mine off. I know. Uh, well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not planning on doing any shopping though. It's because you shopping. and I both drive cars for 25 years before we get a new one. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I've invested quite a bit in the one I have, so <laughs> exactly. we'll hold on to it. All right, uh, kind of another law enforcement type story, kind of like a, a scam warning story. This okay. comes from Columbia Gas, and we have a lot of Columbia Gas customers yes. here in our local area. But they announced on Thursday that an unknown person or persons have attempted to use their name in an apparent attempt to scam some of their customers. A Columbia Gas spokesman stated, and I'll just quote them directly so I don't interpret this wrong. It has come to the attention of us here at Columbia Gas of Ohio that people have been receiving fraudulent checks that have seemingly come from us. This is not the case and is an attempt to steal funds and personal information from unsuspecting customers. So you get the fraudulent check and, uh, you know, you think, oh my gosh, did my, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. And so it is an attempt to get you to make a contact so they can get some of your personal information. Uh -huh. And you, It's not a new thing, but maybe a new angle uh, that they're trying here. Um, the spokesman further explained that some customers have received a paper check with instructions on what to do with the check once received. At one point in the letter, the fraudster urges the recipient not to discard the letter, saying, you know, that it's important, we'll shut your gas off or whatever. Okay. I'm not sure that's what they say, but they do some compelling thing to think that you have to respond. Gotcha. You know, that like, makes sense. like the fake IRS yeah. letters, uh, the fake warrants, and, and whatever. then they start asking you all kind of personal stuff over the phone because you're scared, and they then most people will give that information away. Right, exactly. So yeah. uh, that comes from Columbia Gas. We have that uh, little story online, and uh, it was in Saturday's paper. Okay, this was a neat thing. We talked about it ahead of time. Uh, we want to acknowledge it. I was there. It was wonderful. Dylan was there. I'm sure he would say it was wonderful. We called it Oak Hill's Field of Dreams. Yeah, that was that. the grant-funded uh, refurbishment of the T-ball field mm -hmm. uh, down at Oak Hill. Oak Hill, one of only three entities, the Oak Hill Recreation League, only one of three entities in the country to get this grant for field work uh, in the country. So they had this big event on Monday, late Monday afternoon. We talked about it on the news, I know, last Monday. But here is the ribbon cutting. You have uh, people from the Oak Hill Recreation League. You have people from Scotts, who is one of the funders. People from Major League Baseball, one of the funders. Right in the middle with the scissors. We'll get a better view of her in another picture is Jenny Finch. Yeah. The world-famous softball pitcher who was part of an Olympic champion for the United States. Yep. There she is talking to... Uh, the youth league kids, as you can see, a great turnout. They figured 125 kids out there. That is so now, cool. Now, here she is talking to him. Yeah, right there on the left, standing up. That's Jenny Finch in the sunglasses. Um, she was wonderful. I had a chance to, to interview her briefly. Um, she is, of course, you know, Major League Baseball hired her. Um, oh, there's Dylan back there. I thought <laughs> Dylan was telling us about Jenny Finch. He's telling us about Dylan. Okay. How so funny. Dylan was there. See, that's a he's cracking himself up. That's he's evidence there. <laughs> looking at it. But himself. Jenny, but Jenny was wonderful. I mean, she related very well with the kids. Uh, and you know, there was a clinic afterward where you know Major League Baseball and some Ohio State coaches and baseball players were there. So I'm I'm sure that was some wonderful training. But just to see Jenny Finch and hear about a champion and hear how that she started out just like them as a youth league player 
was very inspiring, I'm sure. Here is Jenny Finch at a private reception before all the whoop-de-doo over at the ball field. Jenny Finch uh, signed autographs for little kids and like that. Uh, that is, um, that is uh, the, the man standing up there is, uh, is Corey Ruby, yep. who is the president of the Oak Hill Recreation League. He's also our broadcaster yeah. of the Oak Hill Sports Games. Yes. Give him a lot of credit for being the leader, the spearhead of getting that grant and Correct. putting this wonderful event together that celebrated, uh, you know, it was one thing to get the grant and, and do the field, but it was another thing to celebrate it and use it as an inspiration type thing for those kids. Also, I think, you know, given the fact of the problems uh, with the Oak Hill football team, you know, not having enough players out, yes. the injuries and like that, it's also kind of like hope for the future. All these kids playing sports early that they'll keep on doing that you because of it. positive, the opportunities and the positive experiences they're getting as little kids. Mm -hmm. So Jenny Finch was uh, wonderful. Uh, we called it once again the Oak Hill Field of Dreams, but a really heart, a really a, a really heart tugging story down there at Oak Hill. All right, uh, want to touch on this real quick. This is not exciting stuff, but it is important stuff. Uh, at the last school board meeting, we covered this in a front page story in our Saturday paper. As you know, health insurance is not cheap. No, it e is. I not. mean, it goes up a lot anyway, but. In this climate and the inflation, it's going up a lot too. Well, the Jackson City Schools are about ready to do a new health insurance contract. And at the last school board meeting, Superintendent Phil Howard did a detailed uh, report on how health insurance, uh, the health insurance cost them over the years. And it's a standard thing. Uh, you know, the, the schools, the businesses negotiate with the insurance companies. They shop around if they have to. But, uh, you know, the increase in the health insurance costs is often beyond inflation. And um, the I got it. I have to remind when I I have to write things on my hand. To visit later. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, the schools, uh, the schools are uh, about ready. Or I think they've already got some figures for their next contract. And Phil Howard was saying that. The cost of health insurance is a big draw on the Jackson City Schools budget. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, for instance, a teacher, a teacher who's taught five years uh, on the pay scale might make fifty thousand dollars in salary. Okay. Their health insurance costs thirty-five thousand, so they become an eighty-five thousand dollar cost. Whoa. And there are many employees who are not teachers who don't quite don't quite make as much, the district invests more in their health insurance than they do in their salary. Wow. And no, so you times this over all the full-time employees that yeah. are getting health insurance. And now the employees pay a portion. It's a small portion, mm -hmm. but they used to, you know, I think at one time it was 100%. Right. Now it's not 100% anymore. And the district's costs are capped by contract at 9%. But if the health insurance goes up more than that, they're going to have to make revisions in the insurance. And that's hard to do Man. because of contractual agreements with the unionized yes. teachers and employees. Yep. So it's a kind of a catch 22. Anyway, Superintendent Howard indicated that, um, that in the next school board meeting, which by the way is tomorrow night, that the treasurer, Jared Bunning, who's very well thought of uh, in the district and uh, also with the, uh, with all the treasurers in the state, he's, uh, He's uh, very active in the state treasurer's uh, Ohio Association of School Business Officials is what they call it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he is going to do a detailed report about the finances of the district and what might have to happen uh, to make the ends meet. Okay. Because, you know, you don't want to cut positions. No. You don't want to cut insurance. Uh, you want to roll along the best you can, but, you know, it's also a business. But you have to be competitive with pay and all of that, too. Right, you, you know? do. So it's, there's a lot involved in that. You do. There was a time not all that long ago where teaching positions were cut in the Jackson City Schools. Mm -hmm. Now, the state funding turned out to be better than they feared, but still, it's a static thing, and state funding pays for the majority of the funding for the Jackson City Schools. So whatever it is, it is. On the local side, uh, you don't have any levies. I think you might have a small levy left over. Uh, from the school building project, but it's not very big. But there is no income tax and there is no operating levy. Right. I don't know whether you know they're talking about that, but they mm. know they know that something has to be done. Uh, Butch Cooper, uh, who is one of the school board members, saying you know with the health insurance situation being a factor, um, something he says something's got to give. So okay. maybe we'll find out what that is. All right. Uh, this is the week that. Um, the early voting begins for mm -hmm. the November 7 election. I know that seems early, but I know you see the campaign signs popping up. Um, tomorrow is the last day to register if you're not a registered voter or you have to change your registration status because of a change of name, a change of address, whatever. It's just, okay. Even if you've been a registered voter, if you have a change like that, you've got to register that. You can do it at the Board of Elections. You can do it at the schools. You can do it at the library all around the state. But tomorrow is the deadline to do that, October the 10th. Uh, registration or the Board of Elections will be open longer those days. It will be open from uh, 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. So if even if you're a working person, there is no excuse not to go out and update your registration or to register if you're a newbie or you're not you or, or your registration ceased or whatever. Okay. So make sure you're registered so you can vote if you want to. Early voting will start on Wednesday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Board of Elections. We'll say more about that as time goes on. Okay, we want to say the Foothills Art Festival. I know you folks were there on we the road. We were Friday. It was fun. Uh, we have a follow-up of Matt. They picked the People's Choice over the oh, weekend. Oh, okay. And uh, it was a young lady. Well, we don't have her picture, but we have her art picture here. Uh, it is... Um, there it is. Isn't that a nice piece? Oh, man. That is a two-dimensional piece by Maya Dummett. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, can you confirm this, Dylan, is she a, a Jackson High School student? Yes. Uh, because uh, we, yes. she got some hurrahs from the teachers there, so I'm guessing. I know she was in the youth category. Yes. But uh, she was first place in two-dimensional in the youth category, so and cool. she was the people's choice. So congratulations uh, to her. Uh, and, of course, once again, you know, we covered the Foothills Art Festival Stuff I know you did uh, on Friday, but the best of show was by Dwayne Campbell. Great painting of a fox. Oh, absolutely There it gorgeous. is. I was just so taken by that. I like the nature pictures anyway, but that's Mr. Campbell on the right. And, of course, uh, Shaq President Matt Wilson yep. on the left. So another Foothills Art Festival in the books. Very good. All right. So we want to tell you also an uh, interesting thing coming up uh Saturday or Thursday at the at the Jackson City Library, there's going to be a um, program, uh, a kind of like a book signing a program about a local author. He's a <laughs> Wellston author named Willard E. Ford II, yes. and he has a cookbook. Now this is odd, but it's going to get some attention. <laughs> Someone's in the kitchen with Lizzie, and that is 
You've heard about this, Jennifer. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were in last week to talk about All it. Right, so see, I didn't and know we, that. there were so many puns flying around, I just can't even explain it. Anyway, <laughs> someone's in the kitchen with Lizzie, Lizzie Borden's Kitchen <laughs> Hacks and Victorian Kitchen recipes. Hacks. And everybody knows the Lizzie Borden story, you know, the famous rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Or maybe it was the other, <laughs> it was way, the other around. way around. We don't know. It was the, it was the other way around. Regardless. But anyway, she was, of course, acquitted in, in all the follow-up movies and whatever. Yes. It makes it seem like that she maybe wasn't. <laughs> innocent <laughs> wasn't quite but, as innocent as, as but she went yeah. to her grave in the 1920s uh, an innocent woman but still with that black <laughs> cloud over her you know this is law enforcement whenever you have an unexplained homicide in a house and you know there wasn't a break-in and you don't know of, of you know anything where anybody was mad at you they always are going to think the family yes exactly no matter what <laughs> even if it wasn't so anyway that uh, Anyway, I'm not going to castigate Lizzie because I don't know. We don't know. But this sounds like an interesting cookbook. Only she knows. And uh, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to have a Lizzie Borden program this Thursday at the Jackson City Library at 6 p.m. And we've got a story about that book. Yes. That we hope will be in one of our papers this week. Hopefully, maybe the Wednesday paper in advance of the program at the library on Thursday. But Willard <laughs> E. Ford II is from Wellston. Very good. All right. We are just two weeks away, less than that now, from the Feed My Starving Children event at the Christ Church of Jackson. Yes. This is where they pack the food boxes, or they pack the food boxes, the little packs called mana packs of um, non-perishable food with a lot packed with vitamins to feed my starving children. And, and they really are starving children. We talked about it on TV. It was in stories. There are children in this world that are dying from starvation. Absolutely. It's just not something that you say for the effect of drama. It's happening. It's for sure happening. And so that's what this uh, is all about. The local event is called Jackson County Cares. They're shooting for 500 volunteers the weekend of Friday, October 20th and Saturday, October 21. You don't have to be part of a group. You don't have to belong to that church or any church. It's for anybody, not just in the county, in the city or its area. They need 83 volunteers. They've got, they must have over 400. They need 83 more. It can be a person. It can be a sports team. It can be a club. Uh, you know, it yeah. can be a social All those group, high school kids that business. need hours to, to graduate, mm -hmm. get in there. <laughs> right. I think they've got a great uh, response so far, but they still need a little bit more help there. Very cool. And uh, once again, the plan shifts, uh, two-hour shifts. There, it's not hard. It's like an assembly line. Yep. 1 to 3 p.m. and 4 to 6 p.m. on Friday the 20th, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday, October 21st. In our Saturday paper, we have a story on that. You can uh, educate yourself on it. And we have a copy of a QR code, which makes it very easy to yeah. register and yep. learn more about that. All right. Okay. If there's an, a neat event going on at Canner's Cave, um, it started yesterday, and it will go through Friday. It is oh. the Search and Rescue Dogs training session. They've what? done this before here, and they will be out at Canner's Cave, but they're going to be also uh, out at Hammertown. They're going to be out at Jackson Lake, and they're going to be in town a little bit awesome. as part of this training. So you may see them, but that's what's going on. It is the Canine Search and Recovery Organization Group. I think it's a regional group, but Canner's Cave is a destination sometimes for 
these training sessions. They will be providing training, networking, and education for search dog handlers and to promote the increased use of search dogs in all aspects of detection. Much of the training will take place out at Candor's Cave, but also in the city of Jackson. They might be down in the downtown area and parks working on their training skills while human remains, detection dogs may be seen working inside some local businesses. Okay. So this is something to see. If you happen to see that, that is what is going on. They'll you have see them water around de- town. They'll have water detection dogs out at those two lakes that we talked about, Hammertown and Lake Jackson. Very cool. Okay, this past Saturday, you know, was busy also for oh some other gosh, events. Yes. We had the pink party on Portsmouth. Yeah. And I know that you were in that to the nines. Yeah. And I understand a great turnout for uh, the race, the early morning we race. Did. Our Alex Shope was there, took some pictures. We'll have some coverage on that. But tell us about it. Yeah, Pete, thanks. Um, so this is kind of a brainchild of several of us that started doing little individual events and then realized that if we, there's strength in numbers. So therefore we merged some of our smaller events together. And, um, so our pink party on Portsmouth was kind of designed to help, uh, raise money to buy gas cards for breast cancer, uh, patients to help them with their travels. And, um, so we had the first ever on uh, Saturday. We had started out the day with a 5K and um, had 70 plus My. people sign up for that, the first that, ever. That is fantastic. It was so cool. I mean, it was just so awesome to see. And um, then we just had a day of, of uh, food and music. And, and there's so many people to thank. Um, you know, we had a beer garden. We had uh, Morgan Washam came and, and donated his time and equipment, uh, played some music. Ethan Michael played and his son Waylon um, and and uh, had some food and, and lots of vendors. And it was just a good day. Raised quite a bit of money for those gas cards. I can't give you a number right off the top of my head because we haven't all reconvened <laughs> to, um, to come together and, and talk about you know, everything, but, um, it, it was thousands. Let's put it that way. It was in the thousands. Okay. Well, you know, the money is one thing and, you know, it was a nice event on top of that, a good way to spend the day. And also, uh, you know, another takeaway that you can't put a price on is the awareness about breast cancer. Yes. I was so impressed with what you did. I wore a pink shirt this Thanks, morning. I, I couldn't You're be so there. Sweet. I couldn't be there. I didn't run, but it's the least that I could do. You know, that is so kind. And, you know, we, um, we had two speakers and both of them, um, if you can have an outside event and not hear a peep, that's pretty, that's pretty telling. And during both speakers, there wasn't one ounce of, of noise. Um, and they told their stories and, you know, gave some inspiration and, and different things. And, um, it was just a really, really good day. We've got so much more planned already for next year. We hope that it continues on. Okay. Well, so, that is yeah. wonderful. So thank you to I, I everybody. Believe, I don't, you probably knew this, but I think unless they've changed it, that October is breast cancer awareness month. So let's yes. see you're right on. Yeah. Okay. Well, another thing that happened on Saturday going on at the same time, and it drew a nice crowd yes. was the Buckeye Furnace Fall Festival. Exactly. And of course they had pretty good weather. I know it turned a little cool, but you know, it didn't rain or anything later in the day. Uh, and so Jeremiah Shaver was out there on the early side to cover some of the events there. They went along all day. Uh, Dylan has just putting up a little bit of a video montage here. Uh, I some mean, shots that he took. Look how pretty it is out there this time of the year. 
Oh, it's very nice. Just gorgeous. I mean, if you if if you don't want to be involved in the events uh, or listen to the music, uh, go to the store out there or whatever. Just being out there at nature, uh, seeing that wonderful historic site out there that's not easy to get to. You know, it's off the beaten path a little bit. It's definitely worth the trip. And the Jeremiah told me they had a good crowd out there. Just beautiful. So I think. And, and, you know, for the shoppers out there, about 40 vendors. Yeah, they had there a ton so of vendors. There are so many cottage-type people now that, that do that in online businesses. Yes. Many more than you think. You see that at the sidewalk market. Yes. Well, they come to the sidewalk. They get a chance to act, act, have face-to-face -face interaction with their products and like that. And uh, 40 vendors, I understand, out at the Buckeye uh, Fall Furnace. Uh, congratulations to Tammy Mash and Jan McKibben, the caretakers out there, who I think were the main movers and shakers. Yes. So congratulations to them, and we'll have some picture coverage of that coming. Another big thing, believe it or not, later in the day, this is so popular, the Haunted Barn at the Jackson County oh, Fairgrounds. Oh, man. They do this. So fun. It's going to be every Saturday from 8 to 11 p.m., cost you 15 bucks, but they will scare the bejeebers out of you yes, in a safe will. way. In a, in a yes. safe way. Responsibly. Right. And of course, this goes, <laughs> this goes for a good thing to support the 4-H program and improvements at the fairgrounds. Yes. And give those uh, folks that are involved, you know, mainly the Jackson County Fair Board Committee and 4-H people, they donate their time. They give up their four Saturdays in October mm -hmm. to do this, to help raise money. And, uh, it's a nice event, as I said, affordable, fifteen dollars, uh, free parking. Uh, I think they might give you free popcorn. There's concessions that you can buy as well, mm -hmm. and you have uh, more opportunities here. The final Saturdays in October, eight to eleven p.m. out there at the fairgrounds. Very good. All right, and next Saturday, another big event, kind of with a spooky theme. Midnight at Moonville. Uh, will be held Saturday, October 14th. Next Saturday, we're going to be covering that at two. It will be the sixth annual Midnight at Moonville. That's this a biggie. Is, this has become a real big yeah. tourist attraction. It's kind of a, a party, but the theme is, of course, one of the more haunted spots in Ohio, reputedly Moonville, uh, which is a uh, ghost town, basically, so, yep. in Vinton County. It used to be a bustling little railroad center <coughs> back in the... 1800s but now it's a tourist attraction they got the tunnel there where the ghosts are yeah i'll go there in the day but not at <laughs> night unless there's a bunch of other people there what a wimp i know it but they'll have all <laughs> kinds of entertainment out there they're gonna have some pageants this time uh, little miss moonville uh, middle miss middle miss moonville big miss moonville they're gonna do all those things to add to it this year um all that is going on. This is presented by the Vinton County Convention and Visitors Bureau in partnership with the Moonville Rail Trail Association. Uh, it's quite an event. We'll be covering that in person as well. So um, another event coming up this Saturday is the Pumpkin Walk. The Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce will be doing it. It will take. Oh, that's the, always huge. It is big. They always have a bunch of kids uh, participating in this. The adults, there's even an adult category. And, you know, we talk about what they do, uh, you know, with art at the Foothills Art Festival. What do you think they do with art on pumpkin decorating? Oh, it just blows, anything and everything. It blows your mind. But yes. it will be at Central Memorial Park at 7.30 p.m. The Chamber of Commerce does this nice community event. It's the 12th annual. It's always been popular. Free apple cider and cookies will be available at 6.45 p.m. The lighted pumpkin walk where they you know, can walk around and see all the lighted pumpkins will be at 7.30 p.m. Um, they... 
action, chamber actually had a time where you could pick up free pumpkins. That time has passed, but you can still bring your own pumpkin yeah. and carve it. So it's not too late to participate in that. There'll be prizes. Not hard to find one of those. No, prizes <laughs> for different categories. Funniest, uh, scariest. Uh, there'll be uh, best carved, best painted. And there will be, of course, the best of show pumpkin and the best adult carved pumpkin. So that is a very nice event. Is you don't going have to, to be, be a pumpkin Wilson? You don't have to be, no. Kind of like Pig Wilson, no, but no, it can well, be Pumpkin Wilson? Well, not unless they convert it. Not unless they convert it. <laughs> This Thursday will be the biggest fundraiser of the year for Hope Haven School. It's called the Hope Haven Fall Festival. Yes. It will be this Thursday at the school there on Sellers Drive here in Jackson. It will be from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. There'll be a split the pot, lots of food, a penny auction, a vendor fair, and a live auction that I think always raises a lot of money. The live auction will be from 6 to 7 p.m. And in this, this year... Uh, the Fall Festival is being held in honor of the late Sandy Borden. Yeah. Of course, we talked about Sandy's manifest oh contributions to the community. Well, one of her, one of the things that she supported, and there were many, mm -hmm. was Hope Haven School. When she was a member of the Rotary Club, she uh, always was one of the big organizers for the Hope Haven picnic that Rotary Club did. In her later years and before her death, she was an aide at Hope Haven. So she got even more involved there. And uh, I know that those folks were so sad to, you know, at, sure. when she passed away here earlier this year. Uh, the Rotary Pancake Supper, which is going to be held the last Thursday in October, is also now being renamed the Sandy Borden Memorial Pancake Supper. Love that. Right. Okay. And that is on Thursday, October 26th at the Senior Citizens Center. Yep. We'll talk more about that later. A couple things on the governmental side. Jackson City Council meeting is canceled tonight. Okay. That is because of Columbus Day. In case you forgot, this is Columbus Day. A lot of your governmental offices are closed. There's a few that are open, but most are closed. I'm not sure about the schools. I should have found that out before we came on the air. Okay. But uh, a lot of things are closed today. You go to the courthouse, it's, not, it's going to be closed because of Columbus Day. Uh, the Vinton County Board of Education will have a work-study meeting tonight. It's open to the public. They won't be taking any board action, but there will be some important topics. I think they're going to talk about the report card that comes out every year where, you know, the high department of education oh, assesses yeah. uh, the academic progress in all the school districts. That's going to be addressed. Also, the Vinton County Board of Education has announced, this is important, they always meet on the third Tuesday of each month. Normally, that would be October the 17th. They've had to change it to Monday, October the 16th this time. We'll have that announcement in the paper and online. Okay. But at 6.30 p.m. at the district office in MacArthur, Meeting starts at 6.30 p.m. Also, um, today on the traffic side in Jackson, the section of Bennett Avenue in Jackson uh, between Crossland Street and John Street will be closed starting today through Friday due to an ongoing project with Columbia Gas. I mean, Columbia Gas has been working all over the place, so usually the roads are, are open. Maybe there's one lane, you know, mm -hmm. maybe they'll have the flaggers. But in this case... According to the city, this section of Bennett Avenue from Crossland Street to John Street, I think that might be just one block. Yeah. It's not very long. It's not, yeah. But it's going to be closed if you live there, you Kinda cut across the there. Ball you know, field. Yeah, you'll find it, it. And that's only going to be from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. It won't be okay. like at night. It's just when they're working. But that is supposed to go through the end of the week. Very good. All right. Uh, we're going to talk some sports now. And before we get to football, we want to give our hats off to the Jackson Iron Ladies soccer team. Yes. Hey, they were in the 5K. Were they in the 5K? Yeah. Well, bless their hearts. With Coach hearts. Karina. 
right? Well, Coach Karina, congratulations to her. She and the ladies have done something that have not been done here uh, with the girls' soccer program since 2016, and that is win a conference title. They won the Frontier Athletic Conference title. Uh, they clinched it uh, with a, an undisputed uh, crown uh, with a victory over Miami Trace uh, last Tuesday at home. That was in front of the home folks. Here is a couple of the girls. Uh, I believe that's Brianna Brennan uh, hitting the soccer ball. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a shot of uh, Lillian Mapes. That's Lillian Mapes, one of the underclassmen. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a real great team. Maddie Walburn, who is a homecoming queen candidate, yep. is a great goalkeeper yep. for, the, for the soccer team. I think it's goalie in, ho in hockey and goalkeeper in soccer, I think. We'll go with that. Right. But anyway... Um, Congratulations to those girls for a title. Chillicothe usually rules the roost oh. in soccer, both boys and girls, but Jackson knocked them off this year. And Karina is a first-year head yeah. coach, so give her a lot of credit. The Iron Ladies went to Chillicothe, uh, I believe, last Thursday, and this was a game they already had the title, and they were on Chillicothe turf. Chillicothe is the defending champion. They beat them again anyway. Just to say it wasn't an accident the first time. So that's awesome. Jackson was, I think, 9 0 and 1. They had one tie in the conference, but they won the rest of their games and uh, they will now go on to the tournament. So, congratulations to. Way to go, ladies. To, exactly. Okay, in football, we're going to report the scores. Uh, the Jackson Ironmen keep rolling along. They went to Hillsboro and won 63. <laughs> To 21. There's the scores put up there by our Dylan. Wow. Good job, Dylan. Uh, the Ironmen are now a seven and one on the year. They are three and zero oh in the Frontier Athletic Conference. When this game started, Jackson and Hillsborough were tied for first place. It looks like they separated themselves. Holy in this game. moly! I'd say so. Remember this Jackson team. I, I saw Andy Hall at the restaurant on Sunday and told him what a great job he and the staff are doing. I know the standard is high here in Jackson. But mm -hmm. they had to replace most of their players. They have a sophomore quarterback. They had to rebuild the line. And they're yep. rolling along just like they have in recent sure. years. So they've already clinched a berth in the playoffs. And right now, of course, we have two games left to go. Right now, if the season ended, they would host two games, provided they win the first game. Nice. 16 teams in each uh, region get into the playoffs. And right now, they're ranked number four. The first eight teams host a game. And if you advance after winning the first game and you're in the top four, you'll host a second game. So this is cool. big for our fans and the team as well. Yep. Okay. Look at the bottom there. The Vinton County Vikings, they're rolling along too. They beat River Valley 69 to 12 in their homecoming game. Wow. The Vikings are seven and one overall. They are in first place in the Tri-Valley uh, Conference Ohio Division. And they are tied with Nelsonville York. Guess what? Guess who plays each other this Friday night? Vinton County and Nelsonville, exactly. York. Exactly. <laughs> it's up at Nelsonville, York. The Buckeyes are the uh, defending champions. So you hear the pads popping in the next county, I'm sure. But if Vinton County wins this game, they will be alone in first place. If Nelsonville, York wins, they will be alone in first place. And they will be in position to win an undisputed title, whoever wins this game on Thursday or on Friday. So that is a biggie. Jackson, by the way, has two fat games left at home. Frontier Athletic Conference, that's an acronym. If they win both of those games, they will win the undisputed title. They're alone in first place now. Both of those games are home. Jackson was away for three straight games, but they will finish Greenfield at home, homecoming this Friday, and then Chillicothe in the season finale. Okay, okay our other local teams, the Wellston Golden Rockets, had a shootout kind of with the Athens Bulldogs, but they ended up on the short end of a 48-27 to 27 score. 
The Rockets are three and five overall and two and two in the TBC Ohio, still much improved from last year. Yes. And they gave Athens a, a good game there at C.H. Jones Field. The Oak Hill Oaks have missed two games this year due to injuries on an injury-depleted roster that's too small the uh, local officials feel to safely play. Right. Uh, you know, when they're, when they only have 12, 13, 14 players, yep. it takes 11 at a time. Remember? Well, they did play last Friday at Lucasville Valley and they were actually ahead in that game. They were ahead oh, 13 really? to seven. So they came to play Lucasville Valley though, had got the best of it in the end. They won 40 to 13. So the Oaks are scheduled to play at home against this, uh, this Friday against Portsmouth West. As far as we know, that game is on. But we understand that Oak Hill had some more injuries Great. last Friday night. No, Talk about horrible. being star-crossed. Yeah. So we hope for the best for them. So okay. there we are. I'm sorry I ran two minutes over. You're okay, Pete. We appreciate you um, spending your morning with us. And, um, you know, there was just a lot to talk about. So um, we will be back here tomorrow with, um, I forget, but we'll be here with somebody. Okay. <laughs> Who is it, Dylan? Misery. Oh, our Apple City players will right. be I, here. I didn't mention that with all that there's going on, but yes, the Apple City players will yes. have another production this weekend, and they they um, they specialize in comedy, but somehow I don't think this is going to be a comedy, unless they've got some no. takeoff on it. No, a little it's, bit different it's, this it's, time. It's, it's Stephen yes. King and one of the best TV movies I ever saw with, uh, with Kathy Bates yep. and James Caan. Yep. Absolutely. It's a great, great, great story. Great yep. story. So we'll be back with them tomorrow. We'll learn all about misery. And uh, so thank you for tuning in and we'll see you then. Thanks, Pete. See ya. Bye-bye.